Welcome to the Social Chameleon Show, where it's our goal to help you learn, grow, and transform into the person you want to become. Today, part two of our ongoing series, What You Should Know About Handyman 101. That's today's topic. We're going to do uh, some car basics and some, some general tool knowledge. Yeah. I think uh, most handymen out there know this skill, or if you're looking to be a handyman, maybe this will be your start. I don't know. Let's see. Well, I, I, the goal here would, is um, to, to familiarize people like with, with things you should easily be able to you know, do with your car and not be scared of, um, being able to you know, have a few basic tools around the house that we've gone through and think that will be the, the basic tools everybody should kind of have so you can tighten up a table leg or you know, hang a picture or something like that. Like, things around the house, you know, um, that should easily be done. You shouldn't have to be worried or scared or uh, about them. You should have that self-reliance and ability to Again, not, not all people are created equal, so, you know what I mean? We'll, we'll just talk about things in general here. Definitely, yeah. if you, I mean, you should know yourself by now, and if you don't, just watch a YouTube video or two before yeah. you start using some of this stuff, but, yeah. but anyway, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what are we going to start on? Car basics or tools? Yeah. What, what you want to do? Let's start, let's start with some car basics. I think that's the thing people seem in my life to know maybe the least about or, or scared of, um, you know, messing something up or not knowing. And, and, and most things are really, really simple. And the owner's manual really does really draw these things out really detailed and really in a simple method. Um, if, you're, if, you're, if you're unfamiliar or you're, you're whatever, go jump in the owner's manual. Like, what is that light on the dash? Or what is that thing? Or what is the recommended air pressure in the tires or whatever you know the, the owner's manual really spelled those things out really really quite well there a lot of times i have pictures for you and so you know yeah and then yeah those are those are some out there and then you know for those of you that want to get a little bit more maybe we'll do like the next handyman 102 or 201 or something like that but uh they also have books that you can buy like card yeah. books that you can buy or online services that you can subscribe to. You don't have to buy the whole book. You just subscribe to the online service for your vehicle. And you know what I mean? They'll take you to a Q and a or whatever you want to know about your car. Those are all pretty simple things as well. But anyway, yeah. getting to the basics. Yeah. So tire pressure. I mean, um, I think a lot of modern cars now they have little sensors that monitor that for you. Um, oh. The yep. thing on the dash, whether it's just a warning, it says one of your tires has low pressure or some more advanced ones will tell you exactly which tire and how uh, and the current pressure and where it's at and versus where it should be, uh, depending on your car, you know, that differs. But if you, if, if you either don't have it or you have something that's a little dumber that just says, hey, a tire is low, um, every, I think everybody should have a, a, a tire pressure gauge um, in their car so you can go and easily see which one is low and and know to fill it up. Um, if you open up your driver's door right along that side panel, um, either where the door latches to or on the door, there's a little, little piece of like a sticker there from the manufacturer um, that says the recommended tire pressure in each tire. You can easily just follow that. If you have aftermarket wheels or tires, um, you would want to have, you know, you know, it's on the tire. It'll tell you the max yeah, pressure in there. In the old days, they used to have it on the tire. It just kind of depends. Yeah. You know, so just know, know your car. If you've got the stock tires and stock um, wheels and stuff on there, it'll be right on the door. If you don't, you want to 
you'd want to um, reference who, you know, where you got those tires from, what they recommend in those tires. But get yourself a little, a little gauge. Um, those ones that kind of pop up and out of the thing, those are, those are really not very accurate, not the greatest idea to have. If you have something more like a clock that's a, like a dial kind of thing, those are really more accurate. Um, I, digital ones are pretty cool. I don't know how much I would trust those, but that yeah. is an option as well. I think the pop-up ones better than the digital myself, but. Yeah, but those, those ones that pop up out of the thing, those just aren't very accurate at all. If you can get a couple of dollars extra and buy a. You gotta get a good seal on it. I mean, if you don't yeah. seal it properly and see, yeah. 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 But they're I mean, good they're good for a general rule of thumb like at eh, 32 probably yeah that's where I'm at. Yeah. No, not for sure. I mean yeah. and whatever it is just definitely out there. Again, your car should have one. However, there are times when I found that those the ones on your car are faulty. So like it'll say low tire pressure of like 26, but when you actually go out there with the tire gauge and check it's like my tires are 35. Like, mm -hmm. so sometimes, you know, just be aware. You got to go replace those yeah. things or get those yeah. changed. Some of them. And, yeah. and look, look in your owner's manual. It'll tell you how often those tire pressure sensors need to be changed. Um, I think for my car, I had to, when I put brand new tires on, I put, they, they recommended new parts for the sensor. So it was just a few, few bucks from Costco. The sensor itself didn't need to be replaced, but the, all the subsequent seals and O-rings and different things like that had to be, just follow your manufacturer's recommendations for, for those things. Good. So what do we do if the tire pressure is continually low and we need to yeah. actually change the tire? <laughs> well, that, in that case, you probably have some type of foreign object, either a nail or a screw or something along those lines uh, in the tire. Foreign object. Foreign object, my friend. <laughs> I think I might be listening to too many uh, Peter Atia podcasts. I'm <laughs> foreign object. Foreign object yeah. replace, displacement. So, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, it still may be in your tire. Um, yeah. For those of you that don't know, I guess this, since this is Handyman 101, if you have a nail in your tire, um, it's not always the best idea to pull that nail out. Just kind of do not pull yeah. that. Nail out. Just it's like when somebody stabs you with a knife. Like you know, you might not want to just pull that out. You mm -hmm. know, it's like you're gonna bleed out all over the place. But yeah. the nail, if it especially if it has a you know a flat head on it or whatever the case might be. Once the nail is punctured into the tire and it's like pressed in there pretty good, it does actually kind of seal itself rather well. I mean, obviously, if your tire pressure light is going off, it's not completely sealed, but it's a lot better than if you just pull it out because then you're just going to let all the pressure out of your tire at one time. Now, just, now you have a hole. Yeah. So just, but, just yeah. but anyway. If your tire pressure sensor is on, I would say it's a good idea to just, at least if not just yourself, you know, check to see if you have any screws or nails like that. Um, if you're filling your tires with nitrogen, you really shouldn't have those types of problems. Um, not on a new, all, from my understanding, all the new cars tires come with nitrogen fill. If you get yeah. Costco or Sam's Club or something like that, yeah, yeah. Fill. those are all common things. Yeah, and then like, like personally with my tires with the nitrogen fill, I don't get those common. You know, the air is leaked out so you have low tire pressure even without a foreign object in there um that's what i've noticed since switching over to nitrogen with the new car i had bought um previously in the past the recommendations and i guess the recommendations still hold true if you don't have nitrogen and if you don't know um you can have them filled and then you would know but the recommendation would be like every month you'd want to check your tire pressure because um the air does tend to seep out of the tire um, with the nitrogen it's being a little bit more dense and stuff the air doesn't leak out 
um, like they used to. So you don't really have to check them as often as you used to. But if you do have that low tire thing, um, it's a good idea to just at least uh, visually try yourself and do a visual yeah. check or um, head over to uh, Costco or something like that or some type of tire place and say, hey, um, can you guys just check all my tires real quick to make sure there's no nails or screws in them? Um, yeah. most and places then another, other common leaks are like on the sidewall, if the sidewall is damaged. Mm -hmm. And then uh, from there, I guess, air leaks between the rim or another mm -hmm. place is the tire stem. Like yes. The tire stem is, those are, those are common leak areas. For spare tires, I mean, not for spare tires, yeah. but for tire changes. Yeah, and for those of you guys who don't know what the stem is, that's the little thing that sticks out that where you connect the air nozzle to to fill up air into the tire. And also to check the tire pressure. Is it, yeah, exactly as well. And also with that, um, make sure you guys are checking your spare tire, uh, making sure that air is full in there. I, I took it for granted that the service shop I was taking my car to was checking the tire in there and then I got a flat and I put the spare on and it was empty. So um, make sure every I don't, six months to a year, whatever it is, um, you're checking that tire pressure and that spare tire to make sure it is good to go for when you do need that in that situation. Nice. Okay. So I guess about changing the tire. Um, so changing the tire, if, if you're going to accomplish that, that's a little bit more than Handyman 101. But again, we're trying to just give you a little bit of information try not to you know, be scared of these things. Maybe just take a look at it. Um, but things that you're going to need should mostly be in your car, especially if you're the first owner of the vehicle, should be in there. If you're a secondhand owner, when you're purchasing the vehicle, you might want to take a look around in the trunk or the undercarriage, depending on what type of vehicle you have. Um, those are common places for the spare tire itself to be held in the trunk. They have like a little carpet area or whatever. You should be able to just reach underneath there, pull that up. And you should have the tire in there and or the tools. Mm -hmm. um, some vehicles, like I said, the spare tire is actually on the undercarriage on the back side of the vehicle. Mm -hmm. And for those of you that um, don't have the actual jack set in where the spare tire is located, mm -hmm. sometimes in the trunk they'll have panels like on the side. Um, you just kind of got to check those areas on the side panel. Um, again, all of your cars should come with a jack standard and or tools that should match your your stock lug nuts mm -hmm. yeah and and with that um a lot of the new cars now they are not coming with spare tires and jacks um, oh, they're really? just coming with a little can of tire fix it flat so familiarize yourself with what your car has oh okay so know. um my car personally i have those tools i know uh, my grandma's car does not she's got a little can of like fix it flat thing that comes with her car and that's what they've given in that situation. But it depends on manufacturer and, and even within manufacturer that makes and models um, what comes. So if you're unfamiliar with, with that or you're kind of scared to pull up and open panels and things and whatnot, um, grab your owner's manual. And if you don't have one, you can easily get one from the dealer, um, possibly even online, maybe a PDF or something. Services. Wow, I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, yeah. And speaking of those tire fix things, you know, if you got your Costco, if your tires from like Costco or something like that, got to be careful about using those because sometimes if you use those kits, um, they may actually void the warranty that you have on your tires. So yeah, be, yeah, be aware of that. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And even, you know, if you've got your tires from Costco, like that, a lot of times um, you can get free uh, flat repair and they'll right. check your tire pressure for you and they'll refill still it with nitrogen. Still got to get your car to Costco, but once yeah. you get it there, they yeah. will take care of it for you. Right, exactly. absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. But with that said, if you do have the situation where you have a actual spare tire 
You know, yeah. before you get a flat, like we talked about previous episodes, get familiar with these things. Get in the situation of what do I need to go through? Where are these parts? Where are these things? So you're not panicked when you're on your way to work. You're like, I'm going to be late now. And you're, you're in a panic state and you're going to be flailing all around the side of the road um, trying to figure out this out on the fly. You should, in my opinion, um, have gone through at least familiarize where these are, how they work, make sure the wrench. I've had a car in the past. The wrench that was in there was not the right size for the lug nuts. And then, you know, I was shit out of luck until somebody came with uh, another wrench for me. Yeah. So make sure you, you're familiar. So spend, you know, and get in your garage or wherever, you know, in, you, you live when you park, you know, go open up the trunk or wherever it is that you have them sometimes in trucks and stuff there in the, in the backseat area, wherever yours is, go get the parts, take them out, get the owner's manual, watch a YouTube video on your car. It, it'll walk you through where does a jack go? There's going to be a little place underneath there where, where the jack goes. Um, and that's specific to your car. Or if you have your own jack, um, there'll be a, a, a point that a jack point where you want to put the jack to, um, yep. You know, so find all those things. I'll go through the owner's manual, go through the steps or, and or YouTube and, and, and go through um, loosening the lug nuts. Um, even if you just go through the process of loosening the lug nuts. Lifting the car up. Lifting the car up. Now, understand the order I'm in. Loosen the lug nuts first. Get them loose. <laughs> yeah. It's on the ground so that there's pressure so the tire's not rotating on you, okay? That's very yeah. critical. People make that mistake. They jack the car up. Then they try to loosen the nut, lug nuts and the tire is going to be spinning. So yeah. keep that car on the ground, loosen those, just loose, um, maybe just like a kind of a, a hand tight kind of thing where you could easily take them off with your head after. Loosen those up a bit. And if you're having trouble loosening them, um, you know, you, you, can, you can use leverage, whether it's be with a pipe. Um, sometimes you could, use your, you could use your foot and stand on it. I would just be cautious with different things that understand your strength and maybe the additional things you're going to need, whether it's getting a breaker bar and we can – uh, I'll, I'll put a picture up here of what a breaker bar is. You might need to keep one of those in your car if you're a little, um, if you're, if you don't, you can't quite create that leverage or you can get a piece of pipe you can carry in your trunk. Um, so you can create more leverage. So not understand, um, you know, back in you know elementary physics or whatever, the longer the lever, the more force you can exert with the with less effort. So if you know, that's you, that's fine. Hey, that's great. No big deal. Just understand you're going to need a longer lever to create more force on those nuts. There are usually about 25 foot-pounds of torque on them. It's not a credibly high amount, but it can be hard, especially if they haven't come off in a while. There'll be a little gunk and stuff in there that's kind of stopping them from coming unloose. Jack the car up, um, you know, undo the lug nuts, put the tire off, and you can just put it back on and put the lug nuts on. Um, lightly tightening those there, lowering the car down, making sure that tire is seated up against um, the hub nicely, and then lowering the car back down and then fin finding your final um, torque on those. Yeah. Well, I, again, I mean, these are just things, you know, um, when I, we went over a lot already, but basically just things to changing your spare tire are know where your jack is, know where your tools are and just understand the process. You know, you got to loosen, you got to loosen the, the tight bolts while the or lug nuts um, while the car is on the ground, then you lift the car up. And then from there you can take those off, pull the wheel off. Then you can put the new wheel on. Again, you want to at least hand tight the lug nuts while the car is up. And then once it's down, then you can fully tighten them and just kind of do that in reverse order. Yeah. Cool. And it, I would do um, what, what, I, what I like to call, so a hand tight, so as tight as you can make it with your hands and then force a quarter turn. So if you're at nine and three, try and get that to 12 and six. And then from there, uh, you can 
probably be, you should be okay. And also understand the pattern you need to um, tighten lug nuts with. You can't just go in a circle. You've got to go um, from, from one side to the opposite and then on and, and on and on and on, all the way opposite around um, until everything's tight. That way, what happens is for those on video, if you don't do that, your tire can seat off, off angle, you know, whatever different angles you can seat. And then the tire is not going to be um, seated well. And you just start to drive. That could be a dangerous situation for you. I have I have seen instances where the tire wasn't seated right and or the tension on the lug nuts was too much and the bolts have sheared right off and um, your tire goes by as you're driving and that's not ever fun. <laughs> that's not uh, fun to replace either. But. No, no, that's going to be a bit of repairs for you. But yeah. um, familiarize yourself with how that works. And then, um, like I said, hand tight, quarter turn, get you to a service station where they can um, – repair the old tire and put on the proper torque for those, those bolts. Cool. All right. What else we need to know about? So tires usually one thing, um, but there are also other components of your vehicle. Mm -hmm. um, one for me, I think is another big one is the battery. Yes. Um, you know, just kind of know where the battery is at. Mm -hmm. uh, as common sense as that may seem, there's, there may be some people out there who don't know what a battery is or where it's located. Um, just like most batteries, they have a positive and a negative, right? Negative. And they'll be, they'll be labeled black and red. Yeah. So red, I guess for hot, just kind of know that part. And then from mm -hmm. there, black is usually negative. Mm -hmm. Uh, just kind of, you know, know that the battery's out there and I mean, you don't necessarily, it's not like you can get a, a gauge to check like how charged your battery is, but, uh, you can, and, and you can go to places like AutoZone and for that. They'll check those for you for free. Yeah, they will. But I mean, just basically you want to know that, you know, if the battery is charging and I guess for battery basics, people who don't know, there's actually a generator, an electric generator inside your car. It's called the alternator. So basically the battery system is only to run the, run the vehicle while it's parked and while the engine is not on. And basically the battery's goal is to start the vehicle. So that's all you really need to do, especially with older vehicles. As the newer vehicles come, there's a lot more computerized components, and it just gets a little bit more technical um, on that kind of stuff. But all you need is enough juice in there to actually start your vehicle. Once the vehicle is started and it's running, you just kind of leave it running for a little bit, and the alternator on the vehicle will recharge the battery, provided that it's good. Right. So. And then, uh, again, check your manual to see how often you should replace that battery. Uh, you know what I mean? And how long it lasts. I don't know nowadays with the new stuff, but in the old days, you're probably looking at about three to five years of battery life in general. And it depends um, on where you live. Like here in Arizona, the batteries don't um, last that long because of the extreme summer heat. Yeah. And in winter areas where it gets extreme cold, um, they even have different types of batteries. So understand where you live and the life cycle of a battery in your region. Yeah, what other kind of things we need to know about batteries on this list here? Um, well, one thing that I find um, in my experiences with helping people out a lot is uh, those terminals and stuff, they, they corrode. Mm -hmm. um, and then that's when, when there's a corrosion there, you're going to see um, like some type of like uh, crystal-like looking thing. Sometimes it's green, sometimes it's white. Sometimes it's powderish. Right, there's a difference. So it should look like this um, dull silver. And, and, and if there's anything else that's there other than dull silver or some type of coating that's on there, that's not um, supposed to be there. Reminds me of asbestos. If those right. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Like, like, uh, like a popcorn seed. 
Yeah, like you ever even like um, it, it kind of reminds me of like uh, like sea salt like drying out. You, it's just like the water's all gone, but the salt's left behind. You know, it kind of reminds me of something like that, or those little uh, yeah, science kits you got yeah. as a kid, where you mix the kind of chemicals together, and these little crystal structures grow out. That's the kind of things it reminds me of. But that's that's going to be an indication that you you know your battery is is not going to be good much longer. That the acid and the seals are leaking. Um, and it also there that connection between the, the the stud on the battery and then the, the terminal, they're not going to be um, not going to be getting a good tight connection. So the, the electricity traveling between them isn't going to be good. You may have problems starting your battery. Um, those are easily fixed with some general kind of household things that you may have laying around. Uh, mix up a little baking soda and water, kind of slurry on like a thick kind of paste or whatever. Put a little bit of that on there, and then that baking soda. What we'll do will neutralize the acid. And then you'll see that all bubble up and the, all that crystal kind of structure will all kind of go away. Yep. And you can just lightly rinse that down with a little bit of water. Um, and then I, from there, I would, I would recommend um, after it dries, putting some type of coating on there. I personally like those spray kind of coatings that they have. Ransom, what is it that you like to put on your batteries? Um, I actually like those little felt things. So mm -hmm. you buy it. It's like a... It's like a little felt circle and they have yeah. a red one that goes on the, the red side and a black one that goes on the black side. Um, and then from there, if you don't want to go out there and buy those expensive things, I mean, they're not even that expensive. I think the spray is like $5 maybe and it lasts for a while. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. The felts themselves, I think are like 2 or $3, pretty easy fix. But again, if you, if you don't want to spend the money, you can just go grab Vaseline. If you have Vaseline in the house, you can just kind of put that on the battery terminals itself. Basically, you know, these devices are used either some type of chemical composition that, you know, protects those things from the outside air and or, you know, the felts or whatever chemical composition that kind of just help prevent corrosion on the battery terminals and or the battery connectors itself. Um, this kind of comes to a little bit of tricks when trying to, um, if your car won't start, mm -hmm. um, it is a battery issue. A lot of the times it's just the connector. So yeah. I guess for whatever reason, if you can imagine this as a connector, you got to spin this down and it kind of seats there. Yeah. Sometimes the connector is kind of like popped up a little bit. So you just, you know, just tap it out or, you know, whatever, screw it back on. Mm -hmm. um, and like 70% of the time that'll fix it. Occasionally it is the starter, um, you know, especially if it's an older vehicle, you know, again, you got to kind of know where these things are in the vehicle, but you just tap on the starter a little bit. Sometimes that'll get it started. Um, no, I think those are kind of common fixes, maybe, possibly. Yeah, um, you know, I would I re recommend, and I personally do, I have, um, you know, that size wrench or something that can get down to oh, that size yeah. wrench in the car. So yeah. um, I've had people call me, oh, man, Tyson, uh, my car's not starting, whatever. I was like, hey, go check your battery. And it's like, okay, wiggle the cables. Oh, it's loose. I was like, tighten that up. And then, like, car start right up. They're like, oh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Sometimes, okay. you know no fault of anybody. We're all humans. The person that, you know, th that did it, um, they just didn't tighten that bolt quite the way it needed to be tightened. And over time, it's the nuts going to start to rattle loose what they call back off. So it's going to come backing off of the, the, the bolt and it's just going to start to, you know, vibration, it'll back off a little bit and that terminal will become loose and you're not going to get a good, good connection. Your battery may be fine, but that connection is no good. So, um, you just tighten that up and you'd be merry on your way. Yeah. And so have some type of wrench or Leatherman or something like that in your car where you could easily tighten those up just real quick uh, until you can get to a better situation to yeah. um, same thing with the lug nuts on your vehicle. Just yeah. make sure that you have the proper tools for your tire mm -hmm. and or common things like your battery. I'm 
myself also keep a tool in, tool in there for the oil pan. Um, and that's just me because I like to have that on the go. I don't, I don't know why, but it's just like whenever it's time to change the oil, I know that the wrench is in the backseat or in the trunk. Right. Kind of common stuff. Right. And also, too, if you um, there's different types of batteries, um, not only just, you know, brands and styles and stuff. Um, I in my car now, what I have is what they call a sealed battery. So you can't um, get into it at all. Um, yeah. Some of the different types of batteries, they have these little two little oblong kind of uh, caps on the top. And if you pull those up um, and you're, you're having problems starting your car, if you if you be a bit careful, you don't want acid splashing in your face. I would recommend eye protection or something like that if you're gonna pull those up. But if you do pull those up, you're getting brave. Um, you're venturing onto Handyman 202 classes. Um, <laughs> yeah. pull, you pull those up and you look down inside there, you'll see nothing in there. There should be um, fluid. And what, what it is, is gonna be low on, on water. Now you can't just go run off to your faucet and get some water. You need um, distilled water. Yeah, with no minerals. Yes, I would recommend um, Buying distilled water so you can guarantee it's it's distilled. Um, yep. If you know how to distill water, um, by all means, go ahead and distill some water. It's usually a dollar or two for a gallon of distilled water. You're not going to need it all. Um, but you can uh, fill those up, and you'll get some life back to your battery. Yeah, for sure. And then same thing with your radiator reservoir. Like, right. you that know, I guess that'll be the next thing. You're, you know, just kind of check the common fluids, but... Mm -hmm. That distilled water you can also place into your your reservoir for your radiator. Um, again, if your engine is hot, you shouldn't be opening your radiator tap right yeah. then and there. Um, you know, back in the day, we used to do stupid stuff like that. But um, there know, are handyman three hundred three tricks to opening that. We're not going to discuss those. <laughs> that's, not, that's not even a. That's just like the handyman last resort class. <laughs> you might need one of those. But anyway. Um, but yeah, the system is under pressure and very hot. It's at 220 degrees or so. Yeah, yeah. But when it's cool, definitely you can open yeah. that up to check the, check the fluid levels in there. Um, I guess getting on the fluid levels, what other kind of common fluid levels? You said your car doesn't really have many, huh? I know my car doesn't have very many fluids at all. Um, my car doesn't have power steering fluid. It's all electronic um, steering. So I don't have power steering fluid. Um, I also have a sealed transmission. So there's no way to check my transmission fluid. Okay. Um, I do have, uh, radiator fluid, uh, engine oil, um, and power, um, sorry, brake fluid. Okay, so, those then, I guess. Right. So on each of these um, things, like I said, get your owner's manual and or some YouTube videos or some uh, other type of books, uh, mechanic books that they are available. Um, very inexpensive. Um, like YouTube's free. A lot of times you can get PDFs and stuff on free. The manufacturers give you guys, a, give us all a ton of information to help us with this. But familiarize yourself. It'll show you in the book. Um, where your brake reservoirs and what it looks like. And on those, um, there's a minimum line and a maximum line. And make sure you're in between those two. Um, and, what, and find out what the re manufacturer recommends, not only for the level you should keep it at, also the type of fluid that belongs in there. Yep. Um, there's different types of fluids for each type of vehicle. You can't just go to the, the, you know, the, the, the um, car store and just, um, just be like, oh, I need brake fluid, just grab one. No, no, you don't yeah, want to do that. There's different yeah, styles. Yeah, definitely read your manual. I think I had one vehicle that the power steering fluid and the brake fluid were, we're the same. The same thing. It's like use dot three fluid, and it's like, yeah. you know, the guy's like, um, you said brake fluid, but we have the dot three power steering, like or whatever. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah we want dot three, and then you can use them in both. Like it's just, it's kind of right. weird, but definitely follow what's in there. Mm -hmm. 
because um, those fluids sometimes are interchangeable. Just kind of understand if you were to take this down to the simplest level, these are all hydraulic systems. So basically you have fluid in a pressurized cylinder and it just, that's how it operates. So whatever fluid goes into those systems, that's, that's what you're gonna wanna use what the manufacturer is designed for. Right, and, and understand too, um, checking fluids with a warm vehicle versus a cold vehicle, um, there's different levels and different um, amounts that need to be added. Look in your manual what needs to be there, but all these reservoirs you're gonna see a minimum and a maximum level. Yeah. Um, personally, I like everything to be at max except for the brakes because what happens with brake fluid is the fluid starts at max when the pads are brand new and as the pads wear down, the fluid level wears down because the compression is more on the pad. And now what happens if you keep that full all the time, when you, when you or whomever goes to change their brakes, the fluid will just come pouring out of the top. Um, that could make, make for a, a little bit extra work, maybe a little bit advanced, but understand um, that, you know, looking at these things and then going to a reputable place that you trust and, and, and then like, hey, get, you know, change my oil and can you guys top off the fluids? I noticed a bunch of fluids are low. Maybe once in a while something you wanna do, and you can pop the hood and you can know they filled this up. They didn't. This is why. You know, these things you want to know. Radiator fluid, same thing. Engine oil, something you want to, um, you know, make sure you, you've got enough of and, and it's being done. If you do have power steering fluid, um, that that is nice and full. And a lot of times, you know, when your power steering fluid is good slow, you can hear like a little like grinding noise or sometimes even the wheel will jiggle a little. That, that usually is an indication you're um, – our steering fluid is low. If on your dashboard, a lot of cars, you'll see a brake light come on, like as if you had your handbrake up or uh, your emergency brake on. That means your brake fluid is low, generally. If your brake is, in fact, not on, go ahead and check that and then top it off if you need a little or head over to your mechanic shop to get a little top off for yourself. Yeah, and that kind of just goes with, you know, again, checking your owner's manual. Just kind of be familiarized with the dashboard lights and or gauges. Um my dad always used to tell me the two most important things to check for are oil and your, the temperature of your vehicle. Like you start seeing the temperature go up, like you need to stop driving or figure what that's out. And if your oil light comes on, like you definitely need to get oil in there because those two things will definitely affect your engine, which is like the most expensive part of your vehicle. Um, and trust me, I've learned the hard way. I've overheated my engine, just trying to gun it up a hill. I was like, yeah, we can make this. We're going to do it. Ended up, yeah, it was like two thousand dollars to change my engine. Right. Very bad idea. Right. So um, yeah. don't don't you know, don't be scared. Don't be afraid to open these caps knowing when is a good time to open the caps and, and checking them. All of these, um, for the most part, depending if you have a really old vehicle, maybe your radiator is not a visual check, but you can just look at the um, the levels and see where the minimum line and maximum line is. Just visually look at them all and make sure that you know they're, they are full, uh, especially if you're going to go on a little road trip. You know, it's nice to be able to pop open the hood and make sure all these are good. It really sucks to be, you know, 300 miles from home and um, your car breaks down because of low coolant or low engine oil or something like that. It could have easily been uh, avoided for five bucks. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And same, scared to check these things. same thing with the lights. Like if you're driving, like familiarize yourself, right? Like, oh, tire pressure light came on maybe i got a nail or you know what i mean like oh the the temperature is going up like oh maybe i just need water in my res my radiator reservoir or you know brake lights on like you know simple things like that oil lights on i gotta go check the dipstick you know mm -hmm. um, most cars for your your engine oil again 
check the manufacturer to see what kind of engine oil is in there. Because, mm -hmm. you know, there, when you go to store buy engine oil, you got like a plethora of choices. You got oh, yeah. regular, you got synthetic, you got like 540, you got 15, 40, you got 30, 50, like whatever. Yeah. Just make sure if you check the manufacturer's um, book in there and see how that goes. And you, that way you know what's in there. But same thing, oil dipstick is a little bit different. Most vehicles kind of have like these little two dot system at the end of the dipstick. Some of them do have minimum and max or low and high. Uh, mm -hmm. But basically, if you don't have a low or a high, you just kind of look. There'll be two dots at the end of the dipstick. Basically, again, you want your, your oil level to kind of be in there. And don't be tricked by the side because sometimes there's like oil going up the side of the stick. Like you want to make sure that that, that whole stick looks like a straight line that goes right across. And that's kind of where you want your oil level to be right in between there. When I check oil, what I like to do is the first pull out, I, I wipe, and then I take a second pull, and that's the actual reading I'll take, is Correct. that second pull. Yeah. And then you also wanna check um, oil when your engine is, is warm, not, not blasting hot. When the engine's cold, all the oil from the, that's in the engine that's looped, that's circulated around, um, it, it, it all comes down to the bottom. You can get a false reading, because all the yeah. oil is spending its time coming all the way back down to the oil pan where the um, dipstick goes to. So after you've driven your car for a while and you let it cool down and it's it's warm to the touch, not so hot that you're going to burn yourself, that's a good time to check your engine oil. Pull the stick out, like I said, one white, put it back in, see where you're at. You know, you want to be either in between the dots or in between the minimum and full line. Yeah. You never want to be, um, especially over full, that's just as bad um, yeah. as being below full. I, yeah. Ironically, yeah, sometimes going over full is a bad thing, especially yeah. with engine oil. Yeah. Um, radiator, reservoir, not so much, but... Yeah. Uh, oil engine oil for sure and you definitely don't want to be under either because those are the things that kind of affect your vehicle yeah absolutely 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 all right Did we murder the car section of this video or what <laughs> you know I, I i i've seen so many times in 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 my life um with family and friends uh such a simple understanding would have saved themselves a lot of heartache a, a lot of money a lot of time you know such a very simple uh thing i i know uh, especially we live such busy lives and, you know, sometimes, um, you know, we have whatever single mothers or, or, or mothers and fathers that never knew these things and we never were taught. And, you know, um, you can really save yourself not only, a, you know, potentially thousands of dollars by checking these things and knowing the very, very basics. I'm not saying get in there and wrench around if that's not you're into, but just knowing the very, very basics. Um, so, you know, that, you know, this new mechanic you're seeing, he's not ripping you off or whatever, or they're not topping off fluids properly or, or whatever. Um, and then you can visually pop the hood and say, ah, oh, battery's dead. I know now. I see that crazy, crusty stuff. I know that's acid. I know how to take care of that. And I can get my car started real quick so I can head over to wherever you go to get a battery. Get a battery, yeah. It's cool. Nice. On right. to the, to, to what we've kind of come up with is like the kind of basic tools that everybody should have. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah, we kind of argue a little bit on what tools yeah. to have, but definitely, uh, you know, just around the house or, again, we talked about it in your car. Like, in your car, you should have the right size wrenches, the right size things for your vehicle. Yeah. And same thing for your house. Like, you should have just a basic kind of, like, hey, I need to fix something real quick. You just grab that little toolkit, walk over to wherever it is you need, um, and just kind of get in there. So, what it what do we got? The four, the four pillars. Four pillars of basic tools. Four pillars of basic tools. What do we got here? Yeah, the hammer. 
<laughs> Arguably one of the most useful tools there could be yeah. in your toolbox. When in doubt, force it out. Not, oh, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But <laughs> and just grab a hammer. It fixes so many things. I have lived by that rule. But understand, though, all joking aside, understand what each tool's function is. Things are so much easier in all aspects of life when you have the right tool for the right job. And, yeah. and hammers, there is a lot of hammers. There, there are roofing hammers, ball peen hammers, sled. There's so many types of hammers. <laughs> um, I have what, I don't know if it's actually called, like, but a general purpose hammer. I'll give you guys a little show here. But yeah. it's like something, something simple like this. This is, a, um, I, I believe it's like some type of fiberglass handle. Uh, it's light and strong. It's got a steel head. Here, uh, flat part wood, of the nail. Sometimes they got wooden handles. It's all right. Yeah, so. right, right, right. I like the composite handles. Um, you get a lot lighter handle with um, more strength. And then it's got this this side here. The the claw maybe is what it's called. I'm not exactly yeah. sure of the terminology. I just know it's what they like do. Nail removal tool. Whatever. Yeah, but this is yeah, how you remove nails or how you pry things up, how you can create some leverage to lift things. But these things can be very handy and not just not, not just for nails, even though that's their primary function, but you can, you know, remove nails. You can... You can lift, you can pry things up to, to get underneath it or, or bring another object underneath it. There's a lot of uses for a hammer, but you know, most people are gonna use it to hang up a picture or something like that on a wall or, or um, you know, pound on a loose nail, in, you know, somewhere around your house or your apartment or whatever it is. Um, but having a hammer, they're very, very handy. They're, um, you know, fun exciting experiments you need to do. My kids like to go outside and bust open rocks and see what's inside of them. But <laughs> Very handy thing to have. I think everybody should have a hammer on the house. Um, they're very inexpensive. You can get one for a few bucks. You don't have to spend a ton of money on them. Just things about hammer basics. Uh, maybe we got uh, Vanna Tyson over there to demonstrate. But just understand that, you know, just like any tool, how you use it, right? So if you're going to go for the optimum power on the hammer, you want to hold it at the lowest point on the handle right there. But you also got to remember that by doing so, you're going to lose accuracy. Yeah. So, you know, that will give you the most force, you know, bang for buck when you hit it. And then the opposite hand, when you want fine tuned stuff, you're going to hold it closer towards the, towards the head of the hammer. Yeah. Right there. Especially those tactics are good when you have like ball peen hammers or something like that. Um, you know, you're going to want to hold it closer and just get those little fine, fine, accurate hits. Right where you get the effortless power right? yeah, exactly. exactly. versus the powerless effort, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Yes. And then the same thing too with the nail removal tool, um, you got to just kind of judge the size of your nail head. But generally speaking, the further away you, you can get it, the further out by the claw, like where the tips of the claw are, that's where you're going to get the most leverage. Maybe he's a pen or something. I don't know. You want to? I have my tool bag, but I don't have nails. I'm more of a screw guy, but. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you just got screwed there, buddy. But anyway, yeah. So if you, if you have it all the way up against the, the, the claw in the pinch there, that's not going to be as much leverage as versus if you, if you have it towards the, the, where the, the nails of the claw are yeah, right, right there. You'll get more leverage there than you will towards the center. But again, also depends on the type of nail or screw that you're trying to remove with that. Or the and, space there. And you also like with hammering to the different fulcrum points, you can create more or less power. Um, and you also lose and gain control. Yeah. And then the way Tyson's doing it, that's not how you actually remove it. The, the, the screw will actually be in the wall. And then, you know, you never know. That's, this is the actual proper way to you want to put it on there and then you 
you need to take it out that way. Yeah, there you go. But anyway, we were just using that as a visual aid to kind of see, you know, where you want to get most of your power from. But, you know, again, just your basics. It's not that, that we're, we're talking about, but, you know, it's not yeah. Thor's hammer, but, you know, it's good for around the house kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you don't need something that big. Um, you, I, I have another, I have, I have two, I have a really small one for the little um, yeah. dainty kind of thing. Same style, but it's, it's I want to say half the size of that maybe. Very light, very nice and stuff. Um, yeah, but, definitely. It, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a drag when you got a, a nail head popping out or something and you're like, where's a rock? You know, <laughs> having a hammer and, you know, just a couple of taps. Um, like I said, they're very inexpensive to grab and, and they're very, very useful. Yeah. I mean, you got the smaller version, which is like the ball peen hammer. Yeah. And then if, you, if you're a bigger guy and you like a lot of force, you can get maybe like the mini sledge. Yeah. And like I said, it depends what you need a hammer for. And this 101 thing i would say everybody should have that general purpose kind of hammer um and as you have different projects and different things you're going to need um different styles of hammers for those projects nice all right so moving along to the next pillar liars pillar number two of the tool workers liars so it's funny we had a good argument about what pliers to have <laughs> yes yes I don't know. What, what, what do you got there? And you got I have, have what there, arguably right? is my go-to plier. This, what they call, what was it called? A slide, slide joint? Yes. Sli but slide joint as you can see, um, there's, oh, I should probably turn it around, huh? There's this little, little kind of hole there along. You can slide it in. And you can see when you slide it to one side, you see the, the closing, closing here. And in here, you can see how that doesn't close all the way. And then, you know, these ha each have different functions for different things. But um, these are great for a lot of little things. You know, um, you have little tiny little nails or something like that. You can just grab. You can pull them out. Um, you can easily quickly tighten up things. You know, these are something maybe nice to have in a car where you can um, you can get a bunch out of a bunch of different bolt sizes and just quickly um, you know grab onto it. And you can grab onto it. There's there's teeth, um, all kind of different ways on here. If you guys can see that, and you can you can grab things from a bunch of different angles. You can grab it from this angle. You could get onto it for something like this. Um, I think these are uh, a nice thing to have around the house. You can usually pick these up for like, a, you know, a dollar or so like that, you know, um, Walmarts, uh, the dollar type stores. Um, but like everything, you know, you do, um, you do get what you pay for kind of thing. So take that in mind. But I think the average every day, um, I just need to tighten up a something. Um, you can get something quite inexpensive in this category. And we're, we've put together a, Amazon list of all these different things and you guys can click through and at least um, discover what they are. Maybe that's not the best place or price to get them, but I wanted a resource for you guys to easily be able to click through and um, know exactly which ones we are talking about. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, pliers in general, you just kind of understand that your hand strength, your, you know, your hand muscles, like you use them the most often out of any of your other muscles, um, maybe other than your heart. But um <laughs> but uh yeah you know so you know your hand strength actually is again you're using the whole level lever fulcrum thing so by gripping on the pliers you're just increasing the pressure that's at the tip of the plier so that you can apply force to whatever it is whether you're going to be turning something pulling it out pushing it in whatever you need to do um i don't know if you have the ones i was talking about but i kind of like the you know i guess the little thinner pliers and it has a combo with a wire cutter on it. I have a, 
This is what, this is what you're, yeah. So this is called a linesman pliers. What there is, is, this is gonna be hard to see because the steel is really dark, but there's this grippy part here. And then here is um, uh, a cutting, a cutting edge there. Um, I don't know if you guys can see, you can kind of see this little cutting edge here. You can, you can, I don't want, I was about to stick my finger in there. Uh, (laughs) Safety, safety third, but be careful. Um, You can, you can snip off, um, different types of like fence kind of like wire, like a chain link fence. You could snip that. You could snip um, like speaker wire or electrical wire, uh, different things like that. And you get really finessed at this. You can even kind of strip wire, strip the coating off a wire. These are good to have too. Um, they have a lot of different functions. They're called linesman pliers. Uh, they'll be on the Amazon list. And there's a plier type thing here and then a cutting device uh, on the bottom of it. Yeah, they, but it they're pretty something. big. So oh, also mine, there's also a, uh, a gripper here where you can crimp and clamp things as well down in this bottom piece here. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Again, there's some of the honorable mentions that we have are like needle nose pliers. Absolutely. Uh, needle nose pliers are to get in there to those fine, like hard to reach places. It's like, dang it. Yes. I need to grab that, need to grab that paper clip at the very bottom of the, the lint filter. It's like, right. You just got to get down there and, and, and get into those. Those are, those are pretty much honorable mentions, I guess, as mm-hmm. far as the pliers concerned. Mm. Um, kind of locks are also a good plier to have. I, I, in my, in my go-to bag, I didn't have those. I think I have them down in my toolbox downstairs, but this, um, I guess the, I have this, this, this bag here. Uh, it's just a, a craftsman bag. It's, it's got this metal frame, but you know, it's got, I got a bunch of, you know, ha- you know, random stuff that I need all the time. Um, but it's just a nice little simple bag. I think they're, um, you know, 20, 30 bucks. You don't need something this crazy and extravagant. I have a lot more tools. I like to do more things. But you can get a, a little Tupperware container from like the dollar store or something like that, or a little, uh, like, uh, what are those, those little marker trays and stuff like that, or whatever, like those shower caddies and something like that. You don't need nothing crazy, especially if you're just doing around the house. You're kind of like, I should know these skills. I should have a couple of different things around the house. You know, just do something like that. Keep it simple for yourself. Nice. Nice. All right. And I'll link these different things down. Like I said, it'll be all on the Amazon list for you guys. All right. And then on. To the wrenches. Wrenches. Listen, I mean, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a hole. Yeah. <laughs> wrenches. Wrenches kind of, there's a, there's a plethora of wrenches. I think this is probably the most versatile tool. You can go down a wrench hole real fast. Yeah, real quick. I mean, you got all kinds of stuff. You do. I guess for me, um, I, I, generally speaking, you, I, I go to what's called the open wrench or the closed wrench. Yeah. I don't know what Tyson is putting there, right? So basically the open side is the part that's open. So you can basically go there and, you know, go sideways on it. And then the closed side is, you know, for those bolts that you're just going to go, you know, just put inside there and then just crank it over there, Um, whatever it's going to be. Um, also kind of know that there are usually two standards, right? We're going to have the millimeters, right? And then, you know, because in some, in some civilizations, we have what's called the metric system, right? And then in the U.S., we have uh, things called inches. Yeah. In, in America, we have the metric system, but then we convert it to the standard system or the imperial system for whatever weird reason. Yeah. So, you know, we got, you know different sizes and then we got different 
you know, so you can do like three quarter inch or half inch or 22 millimeter. Like it just gets a little uh, crazy there as far as the, the different sizes. But as far as wrench basics go, you basically want to have the wrench that is the right size for the nut that you are trying or bolt that you are trying to remove. Um, because if you have the wrong side, you can, you know, I guess either strip and or I don't, I don't know what they call it. Um, yeah, you're going to damage that either nut or bolt head, what generally they're like some type of hexagon shape. And if you have the wrong size wrench, you're going to round this off on the video. You can see I'm trying to, you're, you're going to round those edges off. Wow. And then, then you're going to need a special tool uh, or, or, or technique to get that rounded off nut or bolt out. You're going to really create a lot more work for yourself. Yes. Um, if you can afford it and you're maybe interested in doing some other things, um, getting a couple of these quick little sets like this, one standard, one metric. Sometimes you're working on one project and there will be both tools needed. You know, it's, it's kind of weird, you know. Um, you, can be, you can be taking off a bike tire with, with metric and then tighten up the handlebars with standard size. Sometimes that's just the way it goes. Um, but if you don't want to, you're not interested in, there are some alternative wrenches that you can get that um, can kind of accomplish a lot of these things. They have um, what they have. Uh, I call it a monkey wrench. I, I don't know what the exact term is. Monkey. Like a, it's like a little wheel on it, and one of the jaws slides you know, open and close, and you can um, put it onto a nut and then wheel it, and it'll clamp down to the size that's something if you only have maybe one that's an option yeah i think for me that's kind of the go-to i guess tyson and i have different theories about that you yeah. like the you like the plier method versus the crescent wrench method i do um, like a plier versus you can use that slip joint plier on some of the some of the bolts and nuts that aren't as tight yeah um you know but for me i kind of like that crescent because again you can adjust the size of it mm -hmm. again the, the open or the close is going to get you the most torque, right? Because it's fixed and you're going to get exactly the right size that you need versus the crescent wrench kind of might have a little wiggle, literally wiggle room on there. Um, and because it is adjustable, it doesn't have as much torque that you can get on there. Mm -hmm. um, however, in any case situation, you can most likely use a crescent wrench uh, versus if you had just a metric or a standard set, you probably wouldn't be able to use one or the other. Yeah. Uh, yeah. also they have what they call like a vice grip i think that may be a brand name versus a product but whatever it is it's it's kind of a, a hybrid between that sliding wrench and the pliers you can you you go up to a nut or bolt you put the plier down and um there's like a little a set screw kind of thing you wind it in or out and then the plier head will get bigger and smaller and then you can lock down in that and when you feel that there's like a click that'll happen and then that thing is on there and it's not going to come off um yeah. Versus, you know, something like, like we're talking about the, the downfall of the other sliding wrench. Um, you'll have that. So that's an option. If you're looking for maybe a one size fits all kind of thing that you can most use most of the time, that is also another option that will um, give you good leverage, hold down tight on another boat, but be adjustable to various sizes, not to most matter if it's metric or, or standard. And then other common things uh, you, you, probably see most people use is socket wrenches right are mechanical wrenches that you know because on the open or close wrench it's like every turn you got to take the wrench off go yeah. back to the starting point put it back on but with a socket wrench um they kind of have the socket in it with the attachment on it to where there you go so this where, is just a wrench i don't have my socket sets down in the garage yeah. but, but basically where the um 
where that black part is or whatever you can put uh, hex yeah you can definitely put adjustable heads on there and then from there you know these things are designed so that you can just get in the right angle and just crank back and forth without having to actually remove the wrench from the bolt and replace it in a different situation um that's the definition of a monkey wrench if you're watching this video that that's the monkey wrench the monkey with the wrench yeah. but um yeah definitely those are kind of those are kind of like go-to's nowadays because uh, just the speed at which you can remove nuts and bolts right. yeah like not. like i'm demonstrating here i mean it's it's you know you can get a lot a lot that thing's gonna move a lot and the with that what happens um these these types of socket wrenches, I would recommend, um, budget permitting, you get the, I don't want to say the most expensive, but the best quality you can you get for the money. Yeah, so what happens in here is, if you guys can hear this, this little click, the better quality wrenches, they'll be less, uh, the teeth are finer together, so you can get a lot more um, revolutions. Um, the cheaper wrenches, you'll have a big amount of turn between each click. There won't be as many teeth in there, so you're not going to have um, as much fine control there. Yeah, and you also want to look at quality because, you know, the, the whole wrench is designed around that mechanism. So yeah. if you torque it out, some of the cheaper ones, they can't handle as much torque and they break. Yes. You basically just lost your tool if the mechanism inside there breaks. Right. So just be aware of that. Even I've had, um, I've used other people's cheap wrenches and I've broken the casing wide open. Um, those those do happen, and a lot of times these um, that you know we all know. I, I don't want to say we all know. Um, there's the craftsman and the snap-on stuff. Those are kind of the um, the upper upper end, and we'll some other tools like that. They get quite expensive, um, but they do have lifetime warranties. You can go over to um, Home Depot and Lowe's and like that. They do have their own brands of tools with lifetime warranties. I found them to be pretty good. Yep. So don't discount. Um, those store brands, the Husky or whatever it is that they, they have, um, check them out, give them, a, give them a shot. They have lifetime warranties on them. Um, a lot of those tools do. So you're going to be protected a bit in that range. I don't know we're, we're getting off key here, but there are other types of wrenches, um, like stuff like Allen wrenches or torque wrenches, which actually don't look like a wrench, ironically. Uh -uh. Um, but these are, if you will kind of imagine, I guess, instead of the wrench going on top of the bolt, like they make a seating inside um, a nut to, I guess, basically you wrench it from the inside out, so on. So yeah, so Tyson has two. One's a little handle version, kind of operates like a, like a corkscrew does. Yeah, it's a T-handle, what they call it, as it's shaped the way it's named. Yeah, and then the... The traditional is kind of like the L shape. Mm -hmm. So again, basic tool basics. If you want the fine motor movements, then you use the short shaft handle uh, for those fine motor tunes. And if you want more power, bang for your buck, then you use the longer hand. Again, these are just basics of tools. The longer your lever, right, and the, your fulcrum point, all those kinds of things will help you take advantage of these tools. Yeah. And for some reason, every time I use an Allen wrench, I almost always use it in pairs, um, you know, because you're on both ends of whatever it is that you're, you're doing. So it's almost always a good idea to have two sets. Mm -hmm. um, one, just in case you lose one, but when you come across those things that do require two, two Allen wrench locking system, um, be careful between Allens and Torx 
the Allen is more of a hexagonal shape, mm. and the Torp is more of like an asterisk or a star kind of shape. Star. Yeah. Um, if that's a, you know, I don't know. To me, I call it more of an asterisk. That's kind of what it looks like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then if you gamers are out there, they have like the triangle ones, and they got different different it's sizes. Squares, and they all kind of different shapes. And electrical apparatuses. Just kind of make sure you have the right one. Yeah. Um, if you're into that gambit mm-hmm. kind of things. But, and you know, um, a lot of my Allen wrench type things like that have come with, um, whether it's toys or furniture or whatever, I just, I just collect them. I, you know, I'm like, not only is it good for this piece of furniture or whatever it is that it came with, it could be good for who knows what down the line. If I need a second one or, 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 or something like that, I, I keep them um, in my tool, on my tool by bag and boxes. You never know when you're going to need, need them. And I don't, you know, there's a lot I haven't had to buy because I've just collected them over the years. Yeah, I think both this table or this desk that I have and my chair both require Allen wrenches. It's kind of strange. But, um, right. Yeah. And then some other things maybe you might want. Some type of breaker bar. So what that is 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 uh, it's like this wrench here. For those in the audio, it's a longer wrench, but there is none of this um, ratcheting motion. It's just right. to create leverage. Um, yeah. It's good when you have – um, really rustier type bolts. It's right. good we in situations. About, we talked like, about the car basics in the right. beginning of the show. Some people use breaker bars just to break, you know, they, they call it to, to break the tension. Of that. Right, to break the torque. Um, you know, and, and while the car is down, you use a breaker bar to just initially loosen those lugs. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you know, once the car is up, then you can kind of switch to either a socket and or you know, tire iron or whatever you have, mm-hmm. so have you. But usually tire irons, they, they got a lot of torque on them too. You can generate yeah. hands. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, just whatever whatever way. I, again, you know, we're not saying that this show is only for guys. If you're, no. if you're a skinny, thin little female who doesn't have much, you know, muscle mass, like, again, you use, you know, the lever portion, right? And you basically get like a cheater bar. Um, I don't know. I I kind of just my dad has a lot of stuff lying around, but you can use like copper pipe or um, aluminum piping. You just kind of basically how this cap goes on, right? You just put it over the end of the wrench and just extend it. I know this is a sad, sad version, but if you can imagine, you know, basically going from something of this size to now something of this size, like you have, you have a lot more leverage, right? Um, right. With this longer space versus trying to use this tiny one. Mm-hmm. That's your little wrench, so. You know, use tools to your advantage. That's the, that's the theme. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, screwdrivers. The last pillar. Screwdrivers. The fourth pillar of toolman journeymanship. Now, the screwdriver. Um, being the one on one. Um, quick little thing. There are different sizes of <laughs> of this of this tip here. Yeah. There's no, there's no sizes. Get out of here. There's, there's this. So this here, I'm holding up now is a little bit. I would call this the size you're gonna see most um, in the Phillips, which is that star, uh, that kind of like uh, X kind of shape. Call it a plus. Yeah, yeah plus, plus symbol. Yeah, it goes go to. Um, this is a number two Phillips. Yeah. Um, they'll be you know, marked on the handle or Pick whatever. Number two, my lord. Two. Number two. And, and that's more of the kind of common sizes that we'll we'll see out there. Um, and this here is a number one, as you can see, um, the size, the, the, the lower the number, the smaller uh, the tip will be. 
So three, I would say my, my recommendation is have a number one and a number two. Um, Phillips on hand, you can get these yep. for a buck or so. Um, these, the number two Phillips will generally cover, in my experience, just about every screw um, awesome. you're going to need around the house. Um, and, and with this and like other things too, if you have the wrong size screw, you're going to blow out that screw head and it's going to be real hard to get out and you're going to need other techniques and other different things to get those out. And the same goes with um, the flathead or standard. Um, minus, so right. plus and minus, those are pretty good. Right. And this longer one here I have for the vision, this is a number one. Um, I like I like it in the long. I want a number one on the long handle. Um, oh, these are good for a lot of other things. Long and thin, short and fat. That's right. And then here at number two, as you can see, the size, how much wider that, that uh, flathead is there. Um, something else I would, I would if, if you're going to get into a little bit more of this, whatever, I've got this little thing I like to carry around. It's just a little Black & Decker little drill. It's 20 bucks at Walmart, and you can go to different angles. Um, and this is nice to, you know, quickly put something together, take apart things. You can just pull this on and out, you know. Look around. Yeah. But this is a great little thing. It's just a little push button in and out. Um, it's, like I said, it's 20 bucks. You, you know, just charge it up to charge last for quite a long time. It's got a little, it's nothing like, a, I, you know, I have other drills downstairs, but this is in my, you know, my, my tool go bag that, you know, quickly hang up a shower bar or um, put together a piece of furniture or take a part of something real quick. This is super easy, um, it, it, you know, to have, have around really easy if you can afford or have the interest in picking up something along the lines, 20 bucks real quick. Holidays are coming up. All these things are gonna really have, they have some cool holiday sets they come out with at the different you know, um, home improvement stores and stuff. You can get a nice little set of things relatively inexpensively. Nice. Power tools real quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we all love our power tools, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's that, those to me, in my opinion, uh, number one and two, uh, Phillips and standard, the plus and minus. Uh, you can pick them up for a, a buck a piece, or um, you can get a decent little set for a few dollars, and you really tackle a lot of projects around the house with those. All right, cool. And then um, some stuff to keep, what do you, some, some bases to keep in your car. You like, you have that little jumper box and stuff. I like to. Yeah, this one is. Um right here this is uh i think they sell uh, not again we're not affiliated or anything but this is win plus spelled w-i-n-b-l-u-s mm -hmm. yeah. i don't know what my thing is but win plus for those of you that can see it um basically it's a little box as you can imagine this is like the iphone uh plus size or galaxy note size this is a lg v10 um ancient phone but as you can see in comparison, I mean, definitely it's got a little bit more girth there. But I mean, as far as the size, it's basically, you know, same same handheld size as that. Basically something the size of maybe twice the thickness of your phone, but the same height and width of it. Mm -hmm. um, this one has a little flashlight on it. It's got USB chargers that you can put on there. Um, so you can charge up devices with that? Yeah, I, you, I can charge my phone like four times with this. Okay. Um, it's uh, I think there. Yeah, I don't know the wattage on this. Don't quote me, but uh, it's a it's a pretty big battery size. And then from here, it's got this attachment here. So basically, just gonna go ahead and 
plug in the jumper cables. I have them actually in my car. Um, I carry this around so I can charge my phone in the emergency and I bring it in the house so I can recharge it. Mm -hmm. um, it's got a little light indicator here, full circles, full charge. But yeah, on a, on a full charge and even if it's up to maybe three quarters, half a charge, mm -hmm. um, I've started many a vehicle in my day with this. Basically, you just plug in the jumper cables. You can almost, I mean, don't set it on the battery, but you set it maybe on the air filter or somewhere near the battery and then you just hook it up to the battery and it has little lights on it to tell you green is ready to freaking start your car. Red means like it's either interchange or there's a bad connection. You might not need it, not, you know, even need to jump your car. You just got to tap on the connectors and it's good. Um, so it, it's, it's got a little safety check on it with that little um, green and red light system on it. And uh, yeah, you just basically hook it up, crank your car right up. No problem. Done. I need to get me one of those. I've, I, I, I got stuck a, few months back with a dead battery and uh but that's something on my list i like to have in my car i have this uh solar powered light here this is this is by uh go zero i have uh no affiliation or um investment in them or anything like that um i picked this up at costco um it's got a solar panel to charge it it's also got a crank handle to crank it if you're if it is dead um it's got a bunch of different flashlights it's got uh red lights red flashing lights um it's got like you know spotlight kind of things and the different brightnesses lantern type things you can hang it from stuff um and then this this can also charge uh, my phone's got a usb port here and it also has a usb to charge it if um it's dark out or if you want to quickly charge it without the sun this is coming really really handy um i have to change my i'm gonna change my tire in the dark um once and put it lit place this was great to have um i used it a few times to help other people out where i couldn't see what i was doing under their hood um this is things if you can afford um, I think I paid 50 bucks or less for this. Yeah, uh, I think I think it's 50 bucks now. I think I paid 70 for this um, yeah. car charger thing, but I think it's down it, to 50 bucks now. This can't jump cars, but it's great for you know getting stuck outside or you're going camping or whatever in the woods. I like to keep it in my car so I have a flashlight at all times. Like I said, I've helped other people with it. Um, one time at the farmer's market, the, one of the vendors, his cell phone was dead and he couldn't charge people's credit cards. I ran to my car and I grabbed this and I said, here you go, plug your phone in here and I'll see you next week. And you know, you know, it's nice. great to have around, you know, not just that I help somebody else out. Um, I've used it myself a few times when I needed to charge um, some things up. Some things you might want to have in your car, like I said, something along these lines, something like Ransom has, a couple few basic tools and also the, the around the house simple toolkit that we've kind of come up with that we recommend that would generally get most jobs around the house done that you're going to tackle on that one-on-one -on -one level. Nice. All right. Any other things that we, we want to talk about is one-on-one class? Uh, I think that's, that's good for now, man. We had a lot of things that were on there and weren't on there. So good, 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 good. I like it. Yeah. Uh, so this is, a, this is be, let's see here. This comes out on the 25th. So it'll be just shy of a week for the last day of the giveaway. And if you're not familiar with this month's giveaway, um, it'll end on the 31st of October. It is what I like to call the ultimate leadership pack. It is Jocko Willink's newest book, The Dichotomy of Leadership, as well as his previous book, number one New York Times bestseller, um, Extreme Ownership, as well as Ryan Holiday's books, also um, New York Times bestsellers, The Ego is the Enemy, and the obstacle is the way you will get all four of those books. Um, if you are our lucky winner, there's gonna be one winner. It's 
going to be awarded at that. So if you want to get into this, um, head over to the social show slash pick me and get entered to win. If you've already read all these books, um, share with some friends, uh, get them in there. If you, you know, looking at thing, you're somebody, um, below you in a leadership role, you want to get them trained up and get them going. Uh, these are great, book, great, great books to get that going. Like I said, again, head over to the socialcommunion.show slash pick me. You'll have less than a week from the time of this airing of this recording. And uh, that'll be the last giveaway for the year. We are gearing up for our give back for the months of November and December. We'll have more of that coming in the coming weeks. All right. um, I'll have a bunch of uh, links and uh, different uh, videos, things I I find and have. Uh, Like I said, there'll be the Amazon list and different things. Um, You guys get get these different tool items and you can familiarize yourself with the um, uses and operations of different things. All right, cool. And then this week's challenge. All right. I challenge you folks to go out there. If you don't have these basic tools, get these basic tools, empower yourself, you know, to be able to just do these couple little things around the house that you are waiting for your, your dad or your uncle, your brother, or your, 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 your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whoever to come over and help you, you know, hang a painting or, um, you know, tighten up on table leg or whatever these things are, you can easily just knock out in 15 seconds um, for just a few bucks on, in, you know, investing uh, in some tools right up front. I challenge you guys, get on these things, start experimenting, start tinkering a little with things, looking at things, reading the book, um, just familiarizing yourself with these things so that, you know, one day these people are going to die that you're relying on to come over and help you. You're going to empower yourself to be um, okay when, these people can't help or they're not around anymore to help you hang a painting or these different things real quick. Definitely. And I guess just that kind of leads on to our final thoughts. Um, for me growing up, one of my uh, heroes is the OG MacGyver. I don't know the new one. Eh, he's all right. He's not the same though, but the OG MacGyver, he was just, he wasn't a secret agent. He wasn't anything special. He was just a regular dude, just like me and you. Uh, he just had a lot of knowledge, Swiss army knife, and some duct tape and that was his toolkit that he had with him at all times whether he was you know at the store or in a, you know doing whatever going out hiking um but you know again for your home and stuff you you want a tool your life depends on the tools that you have yes make sure that you have the right tool or the right task you know um today's is about handyman's special kind of thing handyman 101 uh, but yeah, so for the handyman tasks around the house and especially in your vehicle, you know, have the right tools for the right job. We're always teaching awareness. Can't say that enough. Have the right tool for the right job. And uh, our final thoughts. Absolutely. That's, that's great, great, great things to have right there. And if you know friends and family, boyfriends and girlfriends, mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters, cousins, whatever, that could use a little um, basic little overview of some tools and functions of, you know, that tools and your car, share this with them, you know, try to share at least two other people that you know that this could help get their handyman career going. <laughs> and um, you guys can also follow us all week long at the social media show um, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, you can subscribe on YouTube and all your favorite podcast apps. 
if you do are, if you are listening to the podcast version, I would really like um, if this was helpful to you and you enjoy the show, leaving a review. It really does help our show reach more amazing people like you. Nice. For links to everything we've talked about here today and past episodes, you can visit the social chameleon show. Until next time, keep learning, growing, and transforming into the person you want to become.